0: Well, again, good morning to everyone gathered here to us uh, gathered here today. Um, and honestly, it's, it's just such a such a privilege for me to uh, to be able to preach to you all today, and also just a privilege for me just to take two weeks off. And again, you know, I thank you before Dennis, and then I'll thank you again for just um, letting me have time to spend uh, New Year's Chinese New Year's with with my family. Um, and also, big thank you to Pastor Steven, if you're if you're listening maybe later this week. Um, and now, Pastor Stephen, last week he actually kind of rounded out our our short series on the Fruits of the Spirit. And so today I actually want to start a new series, another short series uh, before we start the Easter season. Um, This new series is titled Living Beyond the Self. And it's been a topic that I've been thinking about pretty much nonstop for a while now. And it's really inspired by Jesus' instructions in Matthew 16, 24 to 25, um, where he says this. He says, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself take up his cross and follow me here's a here's my favorite verse for whoever wants to save his life will lose it whoever loses his life for my sake will find it now so for the past few weeks uh we're, you know or for the next few weeks actually we're going to be learning about what paul as he would all often say to crucify ourselves um to put to death uh the flesh uh but as a kid. Um, Before I start off, you know you already kind of already see this here, Uh, but as a teenager, I was always obsessed with uh, survival shows you know these like brave individuals who would go off into the remote wilderness by themselves, and these shows you you'd you'd see them actually you know they do the most ridiculous things um, in order in order to survive right they'll eat insects they'll drink blood to hydrate. Uh, they'll do all sorts of crazy things that we don't ever have to entertain in a modern world, in a modern society, right? Never in my wildest imaginations would I have to, you know, wring out, you know, cow poop for water in order to not die from dehydration. But what I realized was that no matter how dangerous things got for these individuals, there is one thing, one thing that they would never forget to pack alongside them more important than the shirt on their back, more important than food, more important than water, they never forgot to pack their satellite phones. Because they realized that this satellite phone is what allows them to connect back with society. No matter how dangerous things got, no matter how bad the situation is, they realized that in order for them to survive for the long term, they needed a connection they needed a connection back with society and so with the satellite phone even if they're physically alone in the wilderness they're truly not alone they're just one phone call away from being rescued they're one phone call away from being connected with the rest of society and i find that so incredibly humbling because these individuals are experts They are experts at survival. They train their whole lives to be independent. They train their whole lives to not rely on anyone else except for themselves and their own skills. But at the same time, they realize that when push came to shove, they actually cannot do all things by themselves. They need to be connected with others. And it is this connection that I actually want to speak about today not just our connection with each others as brothers and sisters of Christ, but more importantly about our connection with Christ himself. And I think there's a very serious danger when we are not connected with our God, we can only wander by ourselves for so long until we come to the desperate need of salvation, of rescue. And so with this theme of connection and, and you know, the, you know our, <laughs> the title of my sermon today is actually The Illusion of Self-Sufficiency, um, I want us to take a look at our passage today from John chapter 15, um, verses 4 to 8. So you can just read that with me. And it reads, remain in me, and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. Ask whatever you wish, and it will be done. This is to my father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. I think um, in American culture, you know, it's it's. It's it's quite fascinating what travel allows you to do, to step outside of your country, to see, actually to see your own country from an outsider's perspective, it's it's quite fascinating. And I think in America, more than any other nation in the world, um, we have unfortunately bought into an incredible lie that destroys our faith and also destroys our relationship with God. I think it's absolutely insane that such a saying exists in America, but sometimes we say this. If you want something done right, do it yourself. And sometimes this happens in the context of our workplace where our coworker messes something up or, or if someone in our work isn't able to kind of execute a vision that we have in our mind. Other times we, we say it to our own family members when we're trying to do a project together and they just, you know, they just don't quite get it. And so rather than taking the time to build them up, rather than taking the time to teach them, we just do it ourselves. Rather than taking the time to work on things as a group, we take on the whole burden individually on ourselves and essentially there's this very bizarre aspect of american culture that that basically essentially it does this it places ourselves as the center of our world i am the center of my world now that's not to say that all americans are like this or that all people in church are like this but the thing is i see it across the broader culture enough that it becomes a point of concern and rooted in this do-it-yourself attitude or this idea of self-sufficiency attitude is this belief that success is equated to our ability to not need the help of other people. To become a sort of Superman who is capable of overcoming all things through his own strength, through his own power. Essentially, it is the belief that we can be like God one who can control all things, one who can bend things according to his or her will, the one who can dictate the course of their future, the one who can overcome all problems by themselves. I'm reminded of um, a Frank Sinatra song that my friend he would always sing this during New Year, he he would always sing my way by Frank Sinatra. I wish I could quote the whole song to you. uh, But let me just quote the first and the very last verse. Maybe we've sung the song ourselves, and he says this, I've lived a life that is full. I traveled each and every highway, and more, much more, I did it my way. So what's the philosophy behind this verse? That a fulfilled life, according to this American individualism, is a life where I do things my way. Not your way, not God's way, my way. Now on to the final verse. For what is a man? What has he got? If not himself, then he has not. Not to say the things that he truly feels and not the words of someone who kneels. Let the records show, I took all the blows and did it my way. Frank Sinatra, yes. And essentially what American individualism boils down to is pride. I am my own God. I am more important than others. I am more important than God himself. I will decide for myself what I want to do. I will decide for myself what is good and what is evil. I will decide for myself what is my purpose in life. I will listen to no one. And even if I fail, I will fail on my own. I will serve no one. And I will only build relationships with people who I can use to move me ahead. And I must admit, you know, growing up in an American context, there's a sort of bravado in this ideology, there's a bravado in becoming like God, there's a bravado in having the power to dictate life. But ultimately, this ideology is not only dangerous, but it is entirely destructive when we take it to its logical end. It's dangerous when we disconnect ourselves from God and serve only ourselves. How so? Well, first and foremost, you know, most obviously, it's, it's entirely destructive to our relationship with other people. An individualistic culture fosters an environment where personal achievement is the most important thing for a person to acquire in life. And this comes at the expense of everything, it comes at the expense of community, it comes at the expense of relationships. In this nonstop pursuit of achievement, it's not uncommon to see that relationships between people are just transactional. Instead of transformational people are no longer valued for who they are, but for what they can offer towards our personal success or our personal gratification. Now our relationship with others feels more like an alliance, rather than a genuine connection we keep others as long as they benefit them as long as they benefit us and we drop them the moment they no longer serve our purposes. And because of this it creates an environment that is ripe for isolation it is ripe for loneliness it is ripe for competition and we see this not just in churches we see this of course at work we see this within our own friend group maybe we are the ones who have done this in the past or maybe we're the ones who've been on the short end of the stick where we have been dropped when we no longer serve the other person's purposes but not only is it destructive to society and to our relationships but it's also destructive to ourselves as well When we idolize self-reliance and personal achievements, they lead to an unsustainable burden on us. There is always more pressure to succeed. There's always more pressure to be more self-sufficient and to never show weakness in front of everyone or anyone. And as a result, this endless pursuit of doing more, being better, of succeeding, we actually see increasing rates of anxiety, depression, and burnout among all people of all generations. And I think for me, the real tragedy is that we are beginning to see this even more in our teenagers today as social media continues to churn out content about this thing called hustle culture, where kids are expected to be financially free by the time they're like 18. And so with individualism taken to its limits, we're socially isolated and we're personally broken. But not only that, but our fundamental relationship with God is damaged as well. You see, at the core of the gospel message is the call for us to acknowledge our need for God, to surrender our lives to Christ and to find our identity and our purpose in him. But the thing is, when we are so wrapped up in our culture of individualism, some people are too prideful to submit to this call to surrender. But even for Christians, who adopt this centered worldview. Even if they come to church on Sunday to worship God, their day to day lives are so completely devoid of God, that sociologists, they call these individuals, practical atheists, they call these Christians, practical atheists, because even though they call themselves Christians, their lives look no different than that of a non believer. Now, of course, you know, this is individualism taken to the very extreme. But the thing is, we actually we all see tendencies of our pride destroying relationships with others, with ourselves, and with God. Maybe it's not full blown. Maybe it's just a small seed of pride, or maybe it's a small plant. But what we ought to recognize is that this seed of pride is in all of our hearts. You see, even as children, you know, we did not like. To be told what to do. And if we're wise, you know, and, and we develop the virtues of humbleness and humility, we might have changed as adults. But it's extremely easy to not develop humbleness, even as believers. We might accept Jesus's free gift of salvation, but when he calls us to submit our lives to him, to make him the priority of our lives, we pull away. When I was away I I continued, you know i've been reading through the book of Luke a small section each day and I continued to read as as just part of my daily devotionals and I came across Luke chapter 14. And this is where Jesus gives a, a wonderful parable about this great banquet that that this man is throwing and he invites all of these guests to the festival, but they all make excuses for not attending. One person, he makes an excuse about their investments. He says, oh, sorry, Jesus, <laughs> I'm, I'm a little busy right now. I need to figure out my investments. I need to figure out my finances first. I can't make it. Another person said, oh, sorry, Jesus, I just got a new job. I'm going to be a little busy. I can't come. Yet another said, sorry, Jesus, I'm busy with my family. Uh, we just got married, we're having a kid, um, I won't be able to make it. And so as we continue in our ordinary lives, Without God, we actually see things begin to crumble. And the longer and longer we we try to disconnect ourselves with God, the more and more things crumble around us and within us, to the point that we reach such a level of brokenness that at one point we just wonder, how did this all happen? How did things get so bad so fast? And what we actually realize and what we actually see is this deep spiritual truth that Jesus says, where he said this, apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. So when we look at the brokenness of the world and we, when we look at the brokenness in our own lives, if we are humble, we see that it is actually our failure on our part to remain in God. See, the thing is, God has come down to us. God has already saved us. But the question is this Are we willing to respond appropriately and hold on to God and remain in Him? My sermon, I I used individualism and pride as an example. But if we look closely at our lives, there are all sorts of things that are trying to rip us apart from God. So the question is this Are we careful? Are we vigilant? Do we guard our hearts and minds daily? Do we, as scripture encourages us, to take every thought captive, to make every thought obedient to Christ? If we look at the brokenness of our lives outside of the tragedies and outside of the things that are, you know, outside of our control, if we just look at the brokenness of our lives, do we understand that this brokenness is caused by our failure to remain in him? And so as a result, we wither, as Jesus says more anxiousness, more bitterness, more grief, more pain, more suffering caused by our unwillingness to root ourselves into God. And so if this is the case, and what do we have to do? I think the path to life, the path to fruitfulness must begin with a deep and transformative connection with Christ. Jesus he encourages us in the, in the very first verse we read today, he said this, to remain in me as I also remain in you, I am the vine you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. And this deep transformative connection with Christ is, it's much more than just a superficial acknowledgement of who God is, but it requires us to develop a very profound internalization of God, of Christ, and Christ's teaching and Christ's command. It requires a willingness on our part to let God's will and God's desire take over our own lives. It is to reach such a deep level of connection with God, that we reach a point where like the Apostle Paul, we can say this, it is not, it's no longer I who live, but it's now Christ who lives in me. We need to plug into the true source of life. See, on my trip away, I I made a very absolutely foolish mistake. Uh, You see, the thing is, the plugs in Malaysia are completely different from the ones in the United States. And so the thing is, when I got there I couldn't charge my laptop I couldn't charge my headphones I didn't actually bring my headphones. Uh, My phone was dying and nothing was working why because I brought old plugs into a new country I can't plug in I can't bring life into my devices, simply because I brought the wrong plug. So what do I do I get rid of the old and I get new plugs likewise. The first step in developing this transformative relationship with god is to get rid of the old and to acquire the new we can't plug into christ when we continue to try to plug ourselves into the world jesus reminds us that we cannot serve two masters and so the first step of the process is to let go of the old we repent we confess we drop our old habits that keep us locked in these cycles of sin And as we slowly leave our old lives, we begin to plug in to our new life in Christ. How do we do that? We actually all know how to do that because God has made it painfully obvious to all of us. Have we developed the spiritual discipline of daily Bible reading and daily prayer? And when it comes to Bible reading, you know, I'll give you some advice, and this might, you know, This might be crazy, I encourage all of us to read the Bible from cover to cover, but at the same time, I encourage us to take the time to read less Like what read less you see in the evenings I I would read about 10 chapters a night and I don't say that to brag it's just a habit that I built up over many years. But the thing is this habit that I built it doesn't actually develop me spiritually why. Because there's just too much information in 10 chapters for me to digest. It's like binge-watching Netflix, right? Everything becomes a blur. But in the morning, however, I read one section. Not even one chapter, one section, scripture. Sometimes that section might be five verses, sometimes it might be 20 verses. But by honing in on one small section, I read it, I meditate upon it, think about it. And I write down what it is that I hear from God through his word. And right after I journal my thoughts and hearing from God, what do I do? I pray back to him as a response to what he has taught me. Yesterday, God taught me in Luke the spiritual lesson of not giving in to despair in the face of difficulty. And so I journaled that down. And I prayed back to God first to thank him for this lesson, but then I prayed to him and I brought to him every concern that I had in my heart that was leading me to despair. And as I was praying to God, God responded back to me through his word, where he said this, do not be afraid, just believe. And little by little, God removed every bit of anxiety in my heart and I began to grow in faith and in trust in him. I began to no longer be afraid, but instead I began to believe in who God is and trust in his will. And the craziest thing is that this deep spiritual connection I have with God, it's not something that I experience once a month, it's not something I experience once a year. I experience this literally every single day. I have this conversation with God every single morning. He speaks to me through his word I respond back to him through prayer and by plugging myself into God his promise in our passage is true that you will bear much fruits. Brothers and sisters, I encourage you to experience this as well, because this is something that is available literally for all of us. I want to be able to gather with you all and to hear the excitement from your voice as you can't wait but to share and testify what God is teaching you, what God is telling you, and how he's changing you and molding you. I can't wait to share in your joy as you plug into God more and more. I can't wait to mutually grow in our faith as a team and as a family. Obviously, you can hear the excitement in my voice, but I desire to hear it from yours. And so all that I ask for you today is to plug in. Plug in today. Even if you're busy, even if you have groceries to buy, even if you have errands to run or chores to do, plug in today. Plug into God today. There's so much life, so much fruit to be had in our walk with God. And so let's make that commitment to root ourselves in Him. To no longer try to do everything on our own, but to find our complete life, complete purpose, Not in ourselves, but in God. So brothers and sisters, will you please join me for a time of prayer? Lord God, we first come to you today in in humble confession for the pride in our hearts that has stopped us from submitting our lives completely to you. You Father, it's, it's absolutely bewildering that you let us use and abuse your grace, that you let us take salvation for granted. It's absolutely bewildering that you already remain in us even when we try to run away from you oh lord i pray today that you will no longer let us live lives just for ourselves but to live for you and your purpose to root ourselves into your being and to receive the life that you have promised us not life just an eternity but a new life right now father we confess that streams of living water are already running within us so let us drink from it today let us remain in you as you have already remained in us. Father, we commit our lives into your hands. In your precious son's name we pray. Amen.